Thursday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, a show where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm your other host, I'm Chris Henry from the EAA Aviation Museum. And it looks like they've uh, resolved everything with the interpersonal relationships here, only to be confronted with uh, suffocating from carbon dioxide poisoning. <laughs> uh, but fortunately, you know, you never never present a problem unless you have a solution, and that's what the, the guys down in Mission Control are doing. They're, they're uh, running through the hallways with, uh, with all their little MacGyvered... Uh, gosh, don't you want every piece of equipment that's rolling around oh, on the floor? Oh, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. I want, like, ID badges, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just take home that. Coffee cups, anything. You just... <laughs> there's so much stuff um i i can't imagine being a prop manager on this thing um just having one of those apollo 13 flight plans i would love to have a, a oh, bound yeah. edition uh, um and the old the old style without the binder it just had those those loose leaf clips that you'd you'd put through the loose leaf pages oh, oh yeah you know it's funny that we're looking at stuff and i'm looking at like the guys working mission control with the zetron the headsets and yeah i'm sitting there like oh man it'd be neat to have that and it's like oh i actually do like we still use the <laughs> same stuff in air traffic control like yeah the exact same heads i mean they're probably a newer model but like they look exactly the same yeah and do they still have the, the big quarter inch phone jacks on the other side like on a like on a plane yeah or, yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah exactly the, the ones that i used it and uh yeah and they actually we had uh you know it's kind of funny going down a rabbit hole here but we had you had a choice of like the little piece that went inside your ear. Yeah. And I never liked that. So I always wore the old school like foam head oh, you know, the over, ear. Over I the mean, top. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, you know, I, and especially if you're busy, you'd wear it like they do sort of around your neck and half up. And yeah, you get in some weird positions. But uh, a lot of the same hardware, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's fun seeing this. And uh, uh just oh gosh, all the equipment, things that things that you don't do nowadays. I mean, for example, wearing ties in an office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you came, if you came in in a tie, everybody would think you were interviewing nowadays. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I you know I it, it, again, I wore a, my first day on the job as a controller. I wore a dress shirt and a tie to work, and I got to the top of the steps of the tower cab, and my tower chief was standing there, and he just is like, "Are you going to a wedding?" <laughs> and I'm like, no. And he's like, we do jeans and t-shirts. And I was like, okay. So last time I ever wore a tie to work. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, audio only. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny when, uh, this is an entirely different career. Back a million years ago when I did bartending, I started out uh, working banquets. I, I would work banquets and, and like at restaurants and stuff. So I was always in the black and white, you know, like the standard waiter clothes. I'd have like it basically looks like a tuxedo you okay. have on a, a vest and a white shirt and a, and a tie and um i wound up getting a job at a uh in uh this is in uh north of philadelphia suburban philadelphia in warminster and um uh, i got a job at a bar and it's like i was daytime bar bartender bar manager and with we did bartending and also you know accepting shipments and stuff 
And I came in and I had on my black and whites with the tie. And uh, the guy that ran the place said, um, we don't do buffets here. So you, you don't need to be dressing up like you're serving at a banquet. I'm like, oh. oh. So I, you know, <laughs> it was it was a three button, you know, polo shirt after that from from then on. Um, but I, I did notice if I, if you dress up, you get better tips. That's just the way it works. Yeah, um, yeah that is it's true. But I guess there's no tipping in ATC. Yeah, <laughs> there's not. <laughs> um, uh, now, now I'm picturing sitting at the console with a big brandy snifter full of one dollar bills. But uh, <laughs> uh, one of the th- uh, one of the things in this particular minute, getting back to the the movie part of the of the movie, um, uh, the fellow that's carrying the uh, the device, the gizmo that they've put all together, uh, he's a character actor among many other hats that he wears uh speaking of many many careers uh this is a fellow named uh, walter van walter von Hune, and he it kind of underlines the uh the rule that if you if you've known ron howard in your life eventually you'll appear in a ron howard film uh walter von Hune was uh ron howard's uh dialect and acting coach on happy days wow and uh, he wound up, he, he's done everything. He's been an actor in a bunch of things. He was in the new Leave it to Beaver show. Uh, he was uh, associate producer on uh, the, the movie Pretty Woman. He was also a second unit director. That's basically everything that's shot without the principles or, you know, the pickup shots. He, he directed films. He's been a producer. He's good friends and an acting coach of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, he works with... Uh, uh, with Arnold on a bunch of uh, you know the Terminator movies and things like that, he's worked on that. So this guy is a Renaissance man, as as <laughs> Lovell called Fred Hayes, um, and he's apparently can put together CO two scrubbers. Um, he's a man of many talents. Yeah, gosh, I want that hose that falls on the ground. It's like, oh, that's a <laughs> Apollo moon hose. Um, it's just, uh, it looks great. Oh gosh. Um, and it, this is just such a blast from the past. The flooring in that place, it's that old raised computer floor that I, I, I lived on for many years of my career. Not as a bartender, but in IT. It, you know, seeing the thing, you can you can feel the clamp, clank, clank when you're walking over it, and the uh, the air that's blowing underneath to keep all that equipment cool. Um, it's it's what? fun. It's fun seeing it. Um, when they get into mission control, yeah, this is something that I noticed, and this has this. It's not. It's just something I picked up personally. I thought was funny. Sure. Is first off, it made me realize again how good that mission control set was. Oh yeah. Um, it's. I mean, it's. Geez, it's identical. I mean, it's. It's just fantastic. But something that I thought was funny is they put the filter down at Brett Collins' uh, console. Yeah. Um, and he says something to the effect of, you know, I hope you have the procedures of how to build this. And in the background, you can see the gentleman who I th- I think he's playing Neil Armstrong or oh no he's playing Pete Conrad Pete but he Conrad, played yeah. he played Frank Borman in the uh, yes. Years of the Moon yeah and if you watch it closely he gives them a he just gives this big smirk when they put that thing down and it reminded me of the smirk that Frank gives when he's about to give you a a, a hard time in a joking yes. manner <laughs> and uh, it was just. And it's something I just picked up on. I was just like, "That's really funny," because he's not Frank in this. No, um, no, but but, but he's he's a carries... dead, he's a he's a dead ringer for Frank. It's, yeah, it's, and that's it's... a good. In that look he gives, if you guys uh, watch this minute close, 
if you see that look from the real Frank, you're about to get razzed about something that you have done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, uh... exactly. And, and then and, and right over his shoulder is uh, the Gemini 12 uh, insignia. That's yeah. you know Lovell's last uh, uh, his 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 uh, pre- his previous uh, yeah, to Apollo flight. flight with Buzz, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I love. I, I know you collect insignias. I I, I do. Yeah. I have oh, yeah. I have a, a bunch of them, and uh, uh, just seeing uh, Gemini eight and Gemini nine on the background, and it's it's funny how no matter how out of focus things are, you go, oh, I know that one, and that one, and that one. <laughs> <laughs> I that, that is I I still love the 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 story. I think it was Brett Collin that told us this when he was on. We have to have him back on, but yeah, about how good that 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 set was that. One of the actual people that was in Mission Control, who was like a technical advisor on the film, um, opened up one of the doors and they were going to have a conversation in a, in a room. And they opened up one of the doors that used to be like a little meeting room and it was a closet on the set. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, and they forgot that they weren't on Mission They weren't in the actual Mission Control where there, there was a briefing room through this door. And uh, I mean, so it was full of the people that had worked on the set or worked on the real Mission Control for. for yeah. How, how freaky would that be walking into some previous part of your life and saying, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. You know. Oh my gosh, this is like being there. Yeah. You know, imagine um, they built a set of your, of your work or your home or something and then. You open up a door that should be like a bedroom, and then it's just like a closet or something. Yeah, it's, it, it must be like like the Truman Show. That's yeah, like, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. it's just spooky. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's so it's so good. And it, one of the things that this is, I, I want to say this is a movie, but this, they actually did it. The difference between engineering and uh, IT is when I was in IT and. Somebody said, do you have any documentation? When you're building a system, the last thing you work on is the documentation because documentation takes time and costs money. So usually when the project starts running out of money, they don't do the documentation because they start the, uh, the people start rationalizing it, saying, well, it's all self-explanatory. You don't really, <laughs> you don't really need, <laughs> need documentation. Just look at it. But, I mean, this, this thing does not look self-explanatory. Um, I've seen pictures of the uh, the jury rigged uh, device, and this is not far off at all. It did have kind of that tent shape to it, yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's amazing, and just you know a tribute to the folks who make duct tape. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know I was sitting here googling right before we did this uh, this episode. I'm like, hey, I wonder where that uh, that filter ended up. You know, if it's in a museum or something. And I'm like, oh no, it was in the lem. <laughs> Like so, yeah. <laughs> it's out in space somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's at the bottom of the Pacific. Oh, Ocean, that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, I forgot that the, yeah. the Aquarius uh, landed in a trench in the, like the the Pacific Ocean. I think. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll talk more about that because there's there's a big reason why they had to put it in the <laughs> yes, Pacific. There is. <laughs> um, but uh, just just great, and so many. It, this is where acting really counts. Like like you were saying, the uh, the Pete Conrad slash Frank Borman character. All these guys just reacting to the box as they go around the room. You see, like Milt Windler, and um, you see uh, Gene Krantz and the NASA director, and people just looking at stuff, going, "They're they're like they're not going to make that." Or okay, that's now we have something. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. Um, the uh, the fellow playing Deke look, is looking with a total look of confusion, like they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna do that up there. <laughs> have you met have you met these guys yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the wrangler of all of them um i'm sure yeah. had concerns <laughs> yeah yeah it's just uh quite a thing um i do like uh 
the way that you know it, it is it is funny that the uh, the first instruction for this uh, procedure was to rip the cover off the book because we're not going by the book anymore so <laughs> yeah i like and, yeah I like he says you know with pleasure <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's so something whole... that's interesting is mm-hmm. they save those manuals um and i'll see if i can get a picture of this for you um they saved the the manuals and they took the rings and the like the the metal binding the, you know the backing of these three ring binders and they melted them down and made challenge coins. Wow! Uh, out of all the metal, uh, you know, I'm sure the whole coin isn't made out of yeah uh, of the metal, but that they that metal is in, infused into that. And um, when I had the so when I had the Apollo 13 reunion here, um, I was I I was presented one of those from Gene. And, Holy uh, smoke! Yeah, so I'll, I'll get a picture because it's in a display case in my living room. Um, and maybe I'll put it up on the uh, on our Facebook page here so people can see it. But um, it's pretty neat. You know, they were I don't know how many of these they made or anything, but they did take the the three ring binders and stuff, and they used the metal in them. Um, I have uh, I have a the the only thing in my house that has been to space. Uh, I have a I have a, 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 a an airmail letter that was sent by via a rocket, a sounding rocket once that was a Navy project. But something that's actually been in orbit. When I was uh, I was researching stuff during my uh, when I was working on my master's degree, uh, and I had to go to uh, to look at uh, shuttle information. And uh, some of the things were shuttle uh, equipment plans for uh, for docking with the uh, the uh, pressurized mating adapter that's on the space station. And uh, there was an actual flight used uh, uh, addendum that was re- typed and uh stapled together and uh, i needed to get a copy of it so the uh the nice lady at the uh, at the archives gave me uh she said they had to remove remove the staples and feed it through the copier and then give it to me and so she took the she took the staple out of the space used thing and left it on you know left it on the in a in a cup and then uh, put the fed the thing through the paper and uh she walked away and I looked at the, you know, this is a trash bin that she had just put a staple in. So I have a, I, I, I took the staple. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a, I have a flight use staple. Um, I, I won't, I won't talk about the flight or who, who was responsible or what, the, or even what the center was where I got that from. So that's just to, to protect the innocent. But yeah, that's my, my, my small treasure. I have, a, I have a few items I've collected over the years that kind of, just dumb luck I've gotten uh, from from actually a couple items from a couple different astronauts, uh, and um, it's it's neat when you start thinking about like wow this this went there this was out yeah, there yeah. you know this, and, this thing was this thing went five times you know twenty five times the speed of sound it was yeah you know, yeah exactly it's it's pretty wild it's a it's a it's a silly thing but it's just one of those things that it, if you know if you understand the sentiment behind it then it's it becomes a little bit more intriguing yeah, um, yeah. maybe we'll, we maybe ought to post on our facebook page of uh have folks share their <laughs> mementos from space or something maybe yeah we'll yeah put something you, up there just, just as long as they don't get in trouble please don't get in <laughs> yes trouble. your legal mementos <laughs> yes yes your ones that it's not no through no fault of your own you have um, <laughs> exactly <laughs> the water came up to stir the tanks and you did so yeah um, yeah it's 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 funny seeing that and you know it's i I used to feel 
kind of guilty about it. Like I should turn this in or something. But then when I read about uh, <laughs> Neil Armstrong's purse, I thought, well, you know, if Neil Armstrong did it, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who am I? Uh, <laughs> But it's uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun just having stuff like that, and uh, you know, just even just little bits and pieces. Of the ephemera of of a part of it. it. You know what it reminds me of that. Um, we've all seen the movie, the uh, the Star Trek uh, movie First Contact, when um, Data is talking to Picard, and Picard is touching the Phoenix. That's uh, um, the first warp capable Earth ship. And he touches it, and Data asks him, "What you know? Is it important? Why is it important to you to touch that?" He goes, "It just—it's one of those things. It, 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 has, it has meaning uh, to your senses when you feel something like that. And when you when you look at something dumb like a like a patch or a flag or a staple or whatever you know, whatever yeah. it is, when it's yeah. been there, you think, well, now I'm part of that story. And no matter how what it is, that's still I feel connected to it. I feel a a, a deep connection. And yeah. I think that that's part of why this movie." is so great is because you feel you know you're you're in the ship with these guys and you're trying to survive too it's a very told you know very close quarters you don't get that close to somebody unless you know them and um i think that 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 same feeling that you get from looking at these mementos of space you get that from this movie because they're you know there these people are 60 feet tall on a on yeah. a theater wall yeah so um, i agree how, how often do you show this movie at the eaa i mean do you, you miss that oh. like I would guess at least once a year, at yeah. least. I mean, we—it's just such a great movie. Yeah. Um, that uh, um, we show it in our movie series certainly, and uh, we have a monthly movie series. Um, and then, you know, recently we've been showing it during the air show, during the big air show here in July, because it's a perfect movie to tie in with the you know the Apollo anniversaries that have been happening. You know. Oh yeah. So, uh, between that, we show First Man and a few others, but. A, there's something special about Apollo 13 uh, that, uh, um, and also you know I, I, I don't know what the rating is uh, on First Man, and I'm not certainly you know not knocking First Man. It was a good movie, but uh, um, there's some swear words in there that took First Man and made it uh, a little dodgy, as if you want to show it to yeah, you a, can't show it to like a school group or things like that. Yeah, and, where there's yeah. you know there there's no f words or anything in, in Apollo 13. And no. uh, you're able to, you know, um, show that to a school group. You can't, you know, there's some things in First Man, which I kind of blow my mind of why you'd make a movie with that subject matter and not make it suitable to be used in schools. Like that would, in my head, it would, you know, uh, <laughs> it makes sense to do that. And especially because the, the, the scenes in question are completely irrelevant to... yeah. You know, it wasn't like this was like a direct quote, and they they had to use it. You know. Yeah, and, uh, I, I I can think of. I, I mean, that that's what bothered me too in a particular episode of uh, From the Earth to the Moon. There was um, uh, the Apollo twelve sequence. They they added in a fictional news anchor who starts swearing it, it, when the uh, when the camera breaks. Oh yeah, that's right. It, yeah. It really wasn't necessary, and I was thinking you really can't. You know, it, it's it's difficult adding language in like that it's it's hard to uh edit and uh you know it was just pointless to to do it except for the sake of having it there and you know i i, I feel bad about about that stuff because like apollo 13 i think from the earth to the moon is a great series to show people and say it was it wasn't just apollo 13 it wasn't just apollo 11 there's a whole epic story to be told that would rival game of thrones and how oh, many yeah. different things happened 
Um, I love that series, and uh, I haven't. I, I, have you seen the the remastered version? I haven't seen. I've not. Yet. I have not. I need to. Yeah, I I don't know how uh, how much different it is. I've heard mixed reviews on it, but uh, I would be interested in seeing uh, how the how the new ver- you know, the, the, the remastered version looks. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, but uh, anyway, we're a little little afield of this one, but it's I, I think I think we covered we covered most of what's what's in this. The uh, the idea that they're getting back to uh, uh, they're getting back to a whole new ball game by ripping the cover off the old the old <laughs> manual, and uh, and let's say that uh, Brent Cull does a great job in his in his piece of this minute. He does come across as a uh, you know the, the the fourth astronaut on board. Uh, he really he does seem like one with the crew. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and and now that he's told us about how he had to wear a different color shirt than anybody else because he's a colorful <laughs> astronaut, uh, that that keeps popping up that he's wearing this bright green shirt in a sea of white shirts and black ties <laughs> every time i see him now i think of that when i see that because he's yeah. always wearing a bright color so yeah <laughs> yeah but i see this is this is how this show has affected us now forever <laughs> and ever ah wow well for uh for folks who would like to watch this uh this minute go you know go get a blu-ray and, and watch this and and then after you're done go back and listen to all previous uh we're coming up on on 90 90 minutes of episodes wow um that'll be tomorrow but uh we'll, we'll be back uh, and talk some more about the show uh Join us on social media, please. Uh, it's always great hearing your comments and uh, and concerns and corrections, mostly mostly corrections, because I know there's stuff we get, you know, it's like we're sitting here pondering, and I know people are banging on their headsets going, how could they not know that? So if, you, if you've got uh, timely timely uh, uh, corrections to make to us, we, we are always happy to hear from you. Uh, out there on Facebook at uh, Apollo 13 Mission Control or on uh, Twitter at Apollo 13 Minute. And... Uh, uh, you know, you can also uh, uh, listen to us at, at all the usual places, uh, Spotify, and uh, I, I don't need to tell you that you hear this all the time, but you know where to go. Just subscribe, and you can get us delivered hot and fresh every Monday through Friday. Um, but join us here tomorrow, and we'll uh, we'll finish up the week and uh, find out how they're getting that uh, uh, MacGyver uh, CO2 container <laughs> into the ship. But we'll, uh, it looks like we're coming up on uh, loss of signal in about 30 seconds, so we will see you here next time on the Apollo 13 Minute.